research out of the University of Waterloo, which says that a tax on sugary drinks would save 13,000 lives and raise $43 billion. And, uh, you know, the idea of a sugary drink tax, we've we've talked about this on the show before, it's not very popular, uh, but it is a reality in places like France and Hungary and Belgium, the Barbados and the UK. Uh, but we are joined now by Dr. David Hammond, who is a professor at the University of Waterloo, an associate professor there, and uh, had a lot to do with this study. And I want to ask you off the hop here, Dr. Hammond, thanks for joining us on the show, by the way. Um, you know, it's a very unpopular idea. What are the benefits of a tax on sugary drinks? Well, you know, we looked at uh, how much people drink and what the healthcare costs are, and what we found is that a 20% tax on sugary drinks would be equivalent to preventing about 13,000 lives over the next 25 years. That would uh, avoid about $11 billion in direct healthcare costs. Um, it would actually produce revenues of about one to two billion for the government every year. So I think those are some substantial benefits. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Uh, you know, I know there are people listening thinking, "Oh my gosh, I pay enough yeah. on uh, enough taxes already." This tax would be an excise tax. D- just explain how that works. Yeah, so it's not like it shows up at the cash register. It's actually built into the price, and so it's actually a tax on the producers, and then they can decide whether and how much to pass on to consumers. So the difference is, is that this isn't on everything. This is just on for example, you would see that regular pop would probably be more expensive than non-diet pop or water or unflavored milk. So it's not in every beverage out there. It's just on those with uh, sugary drinks. Right. What do you say to the person who claims that it's a tax on the most vulnerable people, the poor? Well, I think we have a problem where our most vulnerable are most susceptible to the health effects of things like obesity. Now, um, let's be clear, two-thirds of Canadians are overweight or obese, so this isn't something that's just a problem with low socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea is that this has been done in Mexico. They brought in the tax. It reduced consumption of sugar drinks like you think, and the people that were most likely to give it up were the lower-income folks. So they're actually seeing the biggest benefit from the tax. Tax. The the uh, new tax is going to raise additional revenue for the government. For the government, you're not really sure in what capacity. You know, some people are going to argue this is the primary goal of the tax. Yeah. Do you believe that? Well, no, I don't. I mean, I think this is a public health measure. I'm a public health researcher, and our job is to say, would it have a positive impact? And the answer is unequivocally yes. Now, like anything, the government can choose to do what it wants. Some governments earmark the tax for a positive thing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, they can take that one to two billion dollars a year. They can invest it right back into the healthcare system. They could use it to support kids programming. Um, you know, and we know that people generally support this, but they support it even more if the government says we're going to use the tax, we're going to put it in this spot, which which is an area that most people support. Now, I want to go back a little bit here. Am I correct in that I heard you say two thirds of Canadians are obese? Is that correct? Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese. Wow, that is huge. So is this the first real step in fighting obesity? Yeah. It's a, it's an important one. And, you know, it surprised even us. Like, most people are surprised to hear that obesity causes cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, The numbers surprise even us. And it's hard because these are things that happen, and then the health care costs, you know, they come in 10, 20 years down the road. So this is like smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, when you add up the numbers and there's that many of us that are obese or overweight, that's when you say, how can we sort of not afford to do this? And I think this will be the first step in saying, look, we can't keep going at the same trajectory. We can't afford to keep going. Um, so this is maybe the first step in saying, all right, let's do something about this. 
Yeah, you know, it has been linked to, uh, obesity has been linked to 11 types of cancer. I talked about a study that was released last month claiming that, and they can definitively go back. They think it's linked to about 25, but definitively they can say 11. You know, you mentioned it was a lot like smoking, only we're not as complacent with smoking because, you know, if your kid wanted to smoke because they liked it, you wouldn't be handing them a cigarette. But if your kid wants a pop because they like it, everyone's, well, well, it's a treat. Well, that's right. And I tell you what, I mean, you look at the levels of sugar, not just in pop, but one of the things that's happened is that we have new sugary drink categories that didn't exist even 10, 15 years ago. So there's a lot of people that think, oh, I've switched to vitamin water or fruit Mm -hmm. drinks or um, energy drinks or sports drinks. And they see those as sort of in the health category. When you look at the sugar levels in some fruit drinks, they're the same as Coke or Pepsi. And so part of this is us sort of understanding all right, we need to just, you know, drink fewer calories. We need to go back to drinking, you know, water and milk. Um, And it's actually an easier dietary change than taking food out of your diet in many cases. Do do you see this tax, this sugary drink tax, as an incentive to manufacturers to offer healthier alternatives? I think there's no doubt. Uh, So England has committed to bringing in a tax. Mm -hmm. Uh, They actually do it at two levels, a higher tax for a higher sugar level and lower tax for a lower sugar level. And the industry has already started to reformulate their products. Um, so this is, this is about incentivizing all of us, including the industry. And the good news there is that consumers can keep buying the same thing and they don't even need to shift, uh, but they're potentially having less sugar if they're reformulated. I really appreciate you joining us on the show today, Dr. Hammond. My pleasure. Dr. David Hammond is a professor at the University of Waterloo where this uh, research was uh, formulated. And it was, uh, I, I guess, there were a, a big group of, uh, of, of different health organizations that asked for this research to be done. And so they uh, worked out the research and figured out that a 20% tax on sugary beverages would then, um, would then help out as far as raising money for uh, the government and saving money on health care. You know, I want to open up the phone lines here and see how you're feeling about this. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell phone. Taxing sugary drinks. I think it does several things. You know, I agree with the doctor. I think the tax is going to reduce consumption of sugary drinks. I understand people think that it is a tax on the vulnerable, the poor people. But I think people are going to drink less pop if it costs more. And then they may drink something else. I think it's irresponsible to just leave the cost low and allow people to potentially, you know, t- drink something that's that's harmful for them. We know that sugar's not good for us. There have been several studies. Uh, you know, you don't drink pop because you need a pop. You drink pop because it's cheap and it's a, a sweet option. So if the price goes up, consumption would go down. I think that's a good thing. And for those who continue to buy pop, this new tax will raise additional revenue for the government. And I think that, you know, if we have more money for the government, health care is expensive. I think taxing a bad decision is going to offset some of those related health care costs that are real. And there are people out there that will disagree with me, and I welcome you to call in. I love to hear uh, both sides of the story, but I'm all for this one. Hey, Pat, welcome to the show. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling in. How do you feel about the idea of a sugary drink tax? Well, I like it. It's probably the first thing that I agree that public health has done to help these children um, because this is the number one cause. I'm a nutritionist, and sugar is killing it's killing everybody. It's killing our kids. They're putting it in everything, and there's no, no, no way around it. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing that worries me, though, is that they're going to take the sugar out, and they're going to put a lot more of these fake sweeteners in it and kill people even more that way. 
It's amazing to me, Pat. I've done a couple of uh, cleanses where you take some things out of your diets, like processed food and sugar. It's yep. it's amazing. It takes about uh, two minutes to kill or two uh, weeks to kill the craving. I found, and it's amazing how in week three you notice your body changing. And I don't know if it's because I cut out other things, you know, like the processed ingredients, uh, but you can think a lot clearer. Absolutely, because the sugar binds to the proteins of the brain and renders them useless. So this is why sugar causes a lot of depression, a lot of of, of mental disorders, and things like that. Appreciate the call, Pat. Hey, Terry, welcome to the show. You don't think this is going to work, this sugary drink tax? I don't think it will, Kelly. And the thing that bothers me about it is that, okay, you're taxing the sugary drink. Does that mean when I walk into the corner store, the Pepsi's going to cost me a dollar, but the Diet Pepsi's going to cost 75 cents? Well, that's an interesting interesting way to look at it because there's no sugar in the Diet Pepsi. It's a sugar alternative. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so I I imagine... Mm -hmm that eventually there's going to be parity in the prices they're going to and uh, it's not going to be a tax either because it's not sugar pop appreciate the call it's an interesting way to look at it hey glenn in port perry welcome to am 640 uh, yes i just wanted to say uh, something short and sweet uh, i agree 100 percent. sugar it, it kills like i mean it caused it's a number one for cancer sugar really uh you know, cancer loves sugar. Mm. And uh, also, it's going to help a lot of the poorer people that can't uh, afford drinking that stuff. And it will stop them and it will save them a lot of money because they'll start drinking other things like water. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate the call, Glenn. Hey, Kevin in Toronto, your thoughts on this idea? You know, I have to say the government hasn't adopted this yet. It's just a recommendation, and they figured how much uh, the tax would have to be put at to make a real difference. Uh, they're figuring 20%. Yeah, like there's there's always uh, a solution put out by government to take more money. But what if they were to like have some sort of uh, system in place where they 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 tax you twenty percent on on this on the sugary substances, but maybe apply a, a credit towards fresh produce uh, and drive the prices of healthy foods down because that's ultimately what they're trying to do. But it doesn't seem like they're willing to do that. They just want to collect the $2 billion and disguise it as some sort of sugary tax. Well, that's really interesting that you said that because that's one of the recommendations that the uh, University of Waterloo, who did this study, uh, had made. And they said, you know, this will be great if we can do that. If we take the money that we earn from the taxes and we move it on over to uh, something to, like, you know, to the produce, to make the produce more affordable. I appreciate the call. Hey, Andrew in Toronto. Yes. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm great. Thanks. Yourself? Doing well. So, sugar is the new tobacco. It pretty much is. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm a strength and conditioning coach, and um, we've known this for a long time, and it's good that the medical community is finally on board with this. Um one thing I'd like to see uh, is monosaccharides. So they're talking about all those artificial sweeteners. Well, a monosaccharide broken down pretty much covers everything. Um, so that you you can also include all those diet drinks. Oh, you're saying um, you're saying extend it. Make sure that it's not just sugar that we're taxing. That it's any sweetener. Uh, yeah, if it's not natural. You can t- you can make an argument for honey. Mm-hmm. You can make an argument for maple syrup, and they're they're both very very sweet, but they're natural. Mm-hmm. So you can make uh, agave. You can say stevia as well. You can make arguments for them, but they're they're natural, and that that's the the difference. If you process it one bit, that should be taxed. 
And uh, secondly, I think that uh, in order to soften the blow, there is the fitness industry in Canada is trying to get this adult fitness tax credit. And I love that I, idea. I think that if, if there's a child fitness tax credit, I think why not give it to the adults too? Because that way there's an incentive for them to do something active. Appreciate the call. You know, it's not a bad idea. Hey, Tom, welcome to the show. We're talking about this uh, sugary tax uh, that c- could be applied to drinks. You know, it's not it's not new to different places in the world. They have it in the UK and even in Barbados. Uh, they're saying a tax on sugary drinks at 20% would save 13,000 lives and raise uh, about $43 billion. Uh, yes. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm great. What do you think of it, of the tax? I'm just wondering why this good doctor doesn't advocate for dropping the price of bottle of water. Well, because that's not at the heart of what his research was. So, uh, you know, he is hoping that people move over to water. But uh, that, that, to answer your question very quickly, that's probably why. Hey, Mike in Scarborough. Yeah, the last caller had a point, though, because you could pick up a 2-4 of Coke or some pop that's garbage for you for like two ninety nine, mm-hmm. and a 2-4 of water, distilled whatever, is like five ninety nine. Just so, don't buy the water. Just do what I do. Go to the tap. We have great water here in Canada. I, we do. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but the Coke also knows that, and all the companies that they own sell bottled water, and I'm glad the doctor is coming out with this, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, the government's so hypocritical, we can't expect them to make the right decision because they're going to legalize marijuana that that kills people and causes cancer. So on the one hand, they're going to do something good on this hand. And on the other hand, you know, uh, they can't ban tobacco, for example, because a lot of people can't quit smoking. Yep. And you know what? Bans uh, don't seem to work. But could a tax on sugary drinks work? Well, it's uh, the research uh, that suggests that it can. From uh, the University of Waterloo, we just heard from Dr. David Hammond, the associate produ- pr- professor on the study. I think he made a good case for the tax on sugary drinks. I'm surprised. I thought more people would be against it.